This is Take Flight with Mark Whittle. Welcome to Take Flight. I'm Mark Whittle, former city worker turned performance coach. And this is your place for inspiration and education on ways to optimize your performance and find your purpose. It is with regret that you fired. What was it like being fired from The Apprentice? When the finger pointed at me. You're fired. Oh my gosh. When I got onto The Apprentice was when it was like I was at the peak of learning on how to control my thoughts, how to be grateful, and it completely changed my life. If you feel nerves, it's because you're stepping out of your comfort zone, mm. and stepping out of your comfort zone means that you're developing. Yeah. But some days it's not like that, and it really isn't a linear process. It's up and down. Now launching a business called Oomph, which is a clean energy drink that can give you the energy you want with the health benefits. Cabin crew, passengers, prepare for takeoff. Welcome to the Take Flight Podcast. Thank you so much, Mark, and thank you for having me on. I'm so excited. This is great, isn't it? I know. So we've already established that we've had the same breakfast. Yes. Breakfast of champions, we said. So it's a good start. Just if people want to know, it was protein porridge, organic porridge with fruit and specifically banana. <laughs> I think it's worth saying as well, like having met you like half an hour ago like your energy is amazing we've had several encounters with people the woman at the coffee shop who yeah. was amazing you said she loved you on the apprentice <laughs> she was so nice that made my morning straight away yeah but i think you i can literally see people as you come into the room or like you smile at them like their smile change that is so nice thank you and i'm sure we'll touch on it but energy is something that i find like so important mm. and it's something that i really notice and it's exactly the same with you as well you've got such like a calm engaging energy and presence so mm. that's one of the reasons already i'm so excited yeah. to have this conversation <laughs> me too so is it like a conscious thing for you like when you saw me it gave me like a big hug is yeah. that like a conscious thing or is it just you being like like what is it it's the way that i've been my whole life it's mm. just been my natural personality but i think as i've learned more about energies and how it transfers to other people that's when i've kind of consciously been working on it i think when i was younger i would almost be even more over the top than i am now and it was almost a bit like erratic <laughs> so as i've gotten older and i've calmed down i've kind of been able to channel that into a way that's like warm and welcoming yeah. but it's always been the way that i've been but i've always been really good at like building relationships with people and having friendships like I have a lot of friends from so many different like backgrounds and places and that's something that I was like oh I'm quite good at making friends with people mm. and building relationships and then as I learned more and more about energies and personality ways that's when it kind of made sense to me a bit more yeah and when we were speaking in the coffee shop you mentioned like the books that you read when you started to recognize like the difference between maybe the younger you when it was very high energy maybe even erratic you said yeah and then now more like you know welcoming warming that's correct. So when I was younger, I didn't really understand about how you could control your personality, control your thoughts, control the way you are. From learning material as I've got older, from reading books specifically, I've been able to kind of channel that and use that to kind of work on myself professionally. And I think I can see how much my life has changed since I started learning and consciously working on this material. It would have been when I got onto The Apprentice was when it was like I was at the peak of learning on how to control my mm. thoughts, how to be grateful, how to kind of manifest a future I want. And it completely changed my life. And it was the year that I started reading and learning and developing these skills that my life changed. Mm. And I just think that it's almost evidence that it works. Like if you work <laughs> on yourself, you do reap amazing benefits. And I'm really excited to talk about that as well today. <laughs> I can literally feel the energy emanating off you. Like I, 
it, it, I feel something as well because I have the same belief. Yeah. So you know when it resonates with you like yeah. deeply. So what triggered the learning? Like what triggered you to look for these books or were you introduced to them by somebody or how did it come about? It's really funny. I worked originally in the hospitality industry and it is very fast paced. You're working so many hours, you're ending at midnight and you're getting up again at six in the morning mm. and my life revolved around work. So I didn't have time to have any hobbies or kind of have any interests. I was constantly working. Lockdown hit and suddenly I was put in a position where I had all this free time and I didn't know what to do. And I said to my mum, I don't know how I'm not going to work. And she was like, you're sad then. <laughs> she was like, you need to work on yourself. Get some hobbies and get some interests. So that's when I started to basically read and learn. And my friend pointed me in the direction of The Secret, which is obviously kind of the first book that everyone reads. And then once I kind of had a feel for that, I actually watched the film and looked at a lot of the people that spoke in that film. And one of them was Bob Proctor. Nice. Found Bob Proctor, started listening to a lot of his material. And then from there, that's when it opened this huge rabbit hole of like a crazy world and so much information that I started learning and channeling. And then it was maybe a year and a half after that that my life changed and I got onto The Apprentice. And I do honestly, honestly put it down to working on myself and learning that material. Hmm. That's insane. Yeah. I know it's like the secret is kind of, you know, it's, it has controversial yeah. opinions, but the material is so true. And it almost is like a secret, right? It's yeah. the things that we've forgotten about. We've fallen into a pattern of, you know, this kind of rat race. Absolutely. Of having our priorities in the wrong order. And not for me to say what is right or wrong, yeah. but what I've learned as well along this journey is, is, you know, lots of us are unconscious to the secret. But, you know, manifesting and energies and frequencies. It's funny, I'm literally talking to Ollie Ollerton about um, Bob Proctor. Yeah. He's doing the Bob Proctor course amazing um, yeah. i would love to do that I, yeah. everything that man says inspires me <laughs> so so much yeah yeah and we were just talking about the joe dispenza yeah um course as well and that's what we've, we were saying yeah, as well we yeah both go on it. wow yeah but yeah if you look at the secret even if you just strip it back if you don't necessarily believe in the manifesting the thoughts that you think and the energies that you feel and kind of the elevated states that you put out they do bring something positive to your life. Mm. So at that bare minimum, the secret taught me, okay, I'm in control of my thoughts. Instead of just going through the day and being annoyed I'm stuck in traffic or being annoyed about this email or worrying about yeah. unnecessary things, it taught me to consciously start basically vetting my thoughts and kind of questioning that your thoughts are not you you can change them and that was the first start for me and that's kind of where it all begun it was like a light bulb moment where I was like wait the way that you are experiencing life is purely internally how you are interpreting it and you can control that and that was the first thing for me where I was like oh my god life is about to get amazing <laughs> So how do you control it for people listening who say they've never heard this yeah. before or they've heard it before, but they don't actually grasp like tactically or tangibly what yeah. to do? How do you do that? It's so funny because I've read so much material and listened and I feel like I know a lot about it, but putting it into practice is a completely other story. Mm. It's not a linear process. Some days I feel amazing and I wake up and my energies are just perfect throughout the day, but some days it's not like that and it really isn't a linear process. It's up and down. But the first place that I started was basically consciously practicing gratitude. So what I would always do is I would look at my internal states, the way that I was feeling. Do I feel happy? Do I feel sad? 
sad? Do I feel anxious? That's where I would begin. And then I started looking at practices that worked for me that helped me change from anxious or negative to feeling positive. And I based it all on the way that I was feeling because that's objective for you to monitor. That's mm -hmm. a way for you to know if it's working. And I started doing certain practices and I basically just continued and adapted what was working. So the best things for me were firstly practicing gratitude consciously. So in the morning I would wake up and write down things that I was grateful for. And then that set me in a really positive elevated state for the rest of the day um, another thing is meditation that really changed a lot for me because it allows you to control the way that you respond to any obstacles in life so now instead of being stuck in traffic and being angry that can kind of just go straight over my head and I can be like it's fine I've just got to wait 10 minutes it's not a big deal um, and then the third one was just reading more and more material because when I read the books it really motivates me and just makes me know that this is what I have to do. I have to try and stay positive. And those are the three for me that are the most important that helped me. Wow. We really are like what we think we become, right? Yeah. That's literally, that's that's what happens. So by doing the gratitude, I, I talk about this metaphor a lot with my clients, yeah. right? There's this wide open ski slope, fresh powder, yeah. untouched. And that's our mind when we're kids, when we're yeah. born into the world, untouched, you know, innocent. Then a skier goes through the track and that's a thought. Right. And then we get all these thoughts going off and all these things are happening. We're thinking all these different things about the world, about ourselves. And then the same thought happens. So the skier goes down the same track and then the same thought happens. The same thought happens and the groove gets deeper to the point where it's automatic. Yeah. And that's how we get stuck. And in our old age, you can see people who are so deeply ingrained in their thought patterns and the events that happen to them and the things that they believed in as kids, because that groove is just so automatic. But what you're doing with gratitude is you're shifting maybe a victim thought or a negative thought just to be positive. Yeah. And by doing that every single day, you're training your brain to see the best or be optimistic, basically. Absolutely. It's and amazing. they say it's like growing a muscle. So the mm. more that you work on it, the more the neurons in your brain are lit up in mm -hmm. that certain direction, the better you get at it. And then the more that you recognize the positives. So some people say that it's manifestation, but it could just be the fact that you are noticing the things around you that are positive because that's the way that you're feeling. Yeah. And I love that what you said about limiting beliefs. When you're a child, you just digest so much information into your subconscious. You don't know that small things that happened in your childhood of what you believe now about yeah. yourself and you can change that and even now I'm really trying to like look inside and work out the things that I have that are beliefs that are limiting me mm. and it just changes the whole way that you view yeah. everything because you're like wait that does not have to be correct how I view myself of that and I'm sure you've worked on a lot of those things on yourself as well mm. from discovering it yeah I, I'm loving this by the way Brittany this is amazing <laughs> so, I'm loving this conversation <laughs> in the coffee shop yeah you know you said like oh how, where did you start or how did you start yes. to know what to look at right so the obvious place to start is like big events or traumatic events. Yeah. So the, everyone can kind of do that. Not everyone's had a really traumatic upbringing, but like if you've got big things that happened in your childhood, like in your family or anything like that, they're the obvious places to start. Yeah. Generally, people say you are what happened to you, but more accurately, you're what you made of that thing that happened to you. Yeah. Like what you made that mean. That's so good to think, yeah. So like if something happened, I'll ask you about some examples for yourself in a minute. But the other thing to do, right, if it's hard to think of big events if you haven't had those things, then basically in childhood, what we translate is the things that we were rewarded for and the things that we were punished for. So if we can look back at the way we were treated as kids, like where were we punished and where were we rewarded, that's going to be a pretty good indicator of like what we've turned into. Yeah. So then question where we were punished and where we were rewarded by our parents, teachers, anyone, anyone else, right? And then 
change that if it's not working anymore. That's such a good place to start. I'm even thinking now back and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's like a lot of things making sense just from that. Yeah, like what? One of the biggest ones that I had was caring so much about what people thought that it would actually kind of stop things that I was doing. Mm. And when I realised that what someone thinks about you actually has no impact on your life, it kind of like was like a weight lifted off my shoulders. And I said, I'm never going to allow what people think of me to stop me from doing anything again. But when I kind of put it back, it's like when I was in school, my mum used to be really strict about like the grades that I got and the performance that I had to do. And then now in my older age, everything I do, I think, oh, What's my, I need to check that my mum thinks that that's okay and things like that. And then it goes back to the way that I was scared of her, basically, as a child <laughs> when I was in school. So it's really funny to look at things like that. What yeah. was one that you kind of worked on that you identified? Oh, God, there's been quite a few. Rejection. Yeah. Fear of rejection. Because these things are interesting, right? No matter how much work you do on yourself, there's yeah. always something else that comes up. And then you're like, fucking hell, that's been so obvious. Yeah. Like, but I'm only just seeing it now. Yeah. So fear of rejection, which has led to all sorts of different... like problems for me my answer to that was to be ultra assertive yeah. and at times ultra aggressive yeah. because if I was then I could use that as the reason why I was rejected yeah. in my mind right I might not have been rejected well, that's what I'm making it mean yeah. so yeah, if I was like super assertive and even confrontational then I can say well it's because they, they couldn't handle the confrontation or they couldn't handle the you know whatever it was yeah. if they said no yeah. That's me protecting myself. Yeah. So I think people go one or two ways with that. You either go super, super aggressive on the front foot or you go like super passive and yeah. curl up. There's one that I'm working on at the moment that I've identified is like if I've learned that I hate conflict. I don't like having difficult conversations or mm. kind of like having conflict conversations. Even though it ends up sorting out a situation, it gives me anxiety to yeah. kind of like have difficult conversations with people. And I'm finding it a really difficult one to work on because mm. I've had it my whole life. And it's difficult to kind of put yourself in that situation to work through it. Yeah. But that's kind of one that I've identified yeah. as well that I'm struggling to work past because what because conflict equals what i think the thing that i worry about is once something's been said you can't take it back and i worry about kind of like damaging something, something you've said yeah for example so for me it will be like asking people for money when they owe you money i find mm. that a really difficult conversation to have yeah. and i kind of learned that in the apprentice like i found it difficult to speak badly of the candidates and my friends even though it was sometimes something to do with the task like having that conversation and pointing out people's bad points i just find really difficult like having conversations like that well if you're somebody who's optimistic and yeah. looks for the positive in yeah. life then that would make sense yeah. right yeah i'd say if it's a conflict thing that means that you're being faced with somebody else's opinion which yeah. brings you back to the fopo fear yeah. of people's opinions yeah. which was your what you said about it's your mom all and the linking together <laughs> <laughs> So one of these things that I'm incredibly fascinated about, yeah. and it's mapped out in The Secret, mm. it's mapped out in Joe Dispenza's work, yeah. is this kind of idea of manifesting yeah. or bringing things to reality. Because there are two realities, right? There's the reality that we sit in, that we walk around in all day, and there's the reality that we create in here. Yeah. It's a reality just as much as the thing that we're living in. Yeah. So I'd love to hear specifics around when you started to do this work. Yeah. 
because you said it was like a year and a half later and then you're on the TV show. Yeah. And I just, there's no coincidence in that for me. Yeah. So the way that my first manifestation tips were because I didn't know how to even go about this. So I was like, okay, I'm going to constantly stay positive and I'm just going to write my goals down every single day. Mm. <laughs> so I same just, goals. Same goals, yeah. Um, obviously they would amend slightly as I was kind of going through, but I'd be reading the material, trying to stay positive and writing my goals every single day. Morning, night, thinking about them, visualising. And... The Apprentice was always the one at the top. I said, I knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I knew I wanted to start my own business. My business was just a concept. I had nothing to really back it up. I had <laughs> no experience in the field. I thought applying to The Apprentice, it will be really good experience for me to get on in a few years time. I said, I'll just go through the process. And it was really funny. There were two deadline dates and one of them was my sister's birthday and then the other was my birthday. So I was like, oh, it's a sign from the universe. So I felt a bit positive. But yeah, so I put in my application form and then I just kept getting through the stages. And as I got through each stage, I just kept manifesting. Okay, my next goal is to get through this stage to get through this one. And then out of 75 odd thousand people, they gave me a call two months later, like you're going on the show. And I was like, Oh my gosh. It had gone from me kind of working, not even thinking about starting my own business, planting the seed in my mind, saying I want to be an entrepreneur, the best way I can get an investment and get exposure for my business to go on TV. Just seemed like the furthest away possible goal that I could achieve. And then literally they were like, you're going on the show. And I was like, it works. That's when I knew I was like, this stuff actually works. And then from that point, my whole life changed in absolutely every single way. And they say that when you're kind of doing the same thing every single day, you're kind of leading with your emotions and you're not opening yourself up to the possibilities because if you do the same thing every day, you're going to get the same results. You need to start pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and every single application stage in every single interview I've never been so scared I remember going to one of the stages and my heart was like beating out of my chest before I had to go into one of the pitches but even from just doing that process I grew so so much and then my life changed and I honestly think it was a result of me learning how to basically work with the way that things are wow so you just to be clear like you literally wrote down a goal to be on the apprentice yeah. tv show yeah like a year and a half before you actually... Yeah. And before you even started the application process? Yeah. No way. Yeah. Wow. And it was really funny. I handed in my application on the the final day that applications were allowed to go in as well. So it all just fell into place. And then this is when you start looking at like synchronizations of events that have happened. Like specifically, you just look at if that wouldn't have happened, then I wouldn't have done this and I wouldn't yeah. have done this. And I think that the way that it kind of led to me first learning about manifestation and realizing that I wanted to go onto the show, just everything linked together. And for me, it did honestly cement that these things work and the effort that I'm putting in is really paying off and my life's literally about to change. And then we had about two months after they gave us the call to say we're going on to prepare. It was peak COVID time. So we had to go into isolation for a week before we went on the show. So we were in this hotel room on our own for a whole week, like waiting to go into the oh, show. God. And oh my God, that was the biggest test of me trying to stay positive because everything is racing through your mind. Like you're trying to do revision for the show. You're watching old episodes. You're trying to not be fearful for what's to come so that was a really interesting week like definitely a test to see how well I, I could actually put into practice like controlling my emotions and staying positive but yeah it was just the best time it was so amazing it was the best experiences I ever had what was that week like in the hotel room waiting like what did you do oh so 
what I wanted to do was make sure I utilized the time as much as I could. So I watched apprentice for about nine hours a day i'm not <laughs> even joking and to be honest i don't think that was helpful and then really? i was watching youtube videos on how to do branding how to do pitching how to do negotiation so it was so funny when i spoke to all of the girls afterwards they said they all did the same thing but watching so much apprentice it just like made your brain go crazy like with apprehension of what was to come but i'm glad that i used that time even though three quarters of the things i didn't even end up using <laughs> <laughs> i went into the house three quarters of the skills but yeah basically just researching and preparing for what was to come mm. and, and trying, trying to, to do a bit of exercise and trying to do rest yeah. yeah it was quite testing that week because it felt like the longest week of my whole entire life and then after that when they come and pick you up that's it you have to give your phone in no phone no contact with the outside world mm. when you go in the house you get to speak to your family for 10 minutes a week and it's in like a controlled conversation so it was another test of the process i'm very close to my family and anything that happens i call up my mom and tell her and go to her for advice but yeah you really are like completely on your own in the process because you can't just call up your friends for moral support when yeah. you're in there wow what a growth experience yeah. though i was saying to you before like with running a business just don't get time to keep up with the tv anymore but my favorite reality show by far is the apprentice it was the one that i always like when i was in the city as well i was always like, i'd love to go on there so just what was it like like the whole process like obviously the application process you've yeah. explained which was like a grueling test and then waiting to get on there yeah. but what was it actually like when you get on screen and you're actually like going into the boardroom you're doing all the activities i remember being sat outside the first boardroom and I was so nervous because I've just never done anything like this. Obviously, you're nervous. Walked in in front of Lord Sugar and it was the most surreal moment because I'd watched it for 15 years on the TV. <laughs> Suddenly, it was like being inside the box of the television. I was like, this is so surreal. Like, I've seen this so many times and now it's me. So that was the moment where I was like, oh my gosh, I just cannot believe I was here. And that's when you get to kind of like eye up the competition for the mm. first time because I hadn't seen any of the other candidates. It's so funny to look back and like think of your first impressions of the other candidates versus now that I know them really well. But walking into that first boardroom, the energy was fierce. Mm. You could honestly cut the tension with a knife because what you see on the of the filming there's always like 15 minutes of dead silence while production like sorts stuff out no. so you're sat there in a silent room when you have to <laughs> wait in the waiting room before you go in they show like 30 seconds of you outside half an hour sometimes you're sat out there in dead silence like waiting to go into the boardroom it just really really does add up the intensity but yeah going into that first boardroom was just surreal it's the only word that i can say and when lord sugar first speaks to you and first says your name you're like i can't <laughs> it was just crazy i was like what am i doing here when you go into the first task as well and you start getting to know everyone's personalities and you start learning the process straight away you're like okay i am here i am not losing this opportunity let's boss this and let's get to the end amazing and it is the most testing process because not only do you have to deal with every single one of your capabilities being tested and exposed to 8 million people, you also have to deal with new skills that you've never even mm. tried to develop before. And then also the grueling process of having no sleep. So we get up at four in the morning and you probably go to sleep no earlier than midnight. 
and then you have to get up again and that's six days a week minimum sometimes you would be on like three hours sleep and then you have 20 minutes to get ready you're constantly on the road some of the pitches we would have got up at four in the morning and done like three pitches and then you'd have one at like 10 o'clock at night <laughs> so you have to be going for absolutely the whole day so you're running a lot on adrenaline and it's crazy because it's like ups and downs so you'll have a pitch that's really important then you'll have like five hours of driving and production where you just try and get as much sleep as you can mm. and then suddenly you have to go up and do a negotiation and it is crazy it tests you in every single way and i think sometimes the viewers are like oh well that's a stupid mistake they made yeah. why did they say that but people are exhausted especially mm. by the end and that's something that people don't take into consideration the other thing is you have one split second to make a decision so let's say you have to kind of choose a branding Instead of having five days to discuss and bounce off ideas, you have 10 minutes to make that decision and then that's it. You have, you, you, there's no going back. So it tests your decision-making skills, your decisiveness, the way you work with people, how you handle the pressure. So everything is exposed basically. Mm. So the amount that I learned in the, that two months was just crazy, absolutely crazy. What would be like the headlines, like biggest learnings and takeaways from it? The biggest learning and takeaways from me was honestly that you can do anything that you set your mind to. And that is what has made me so strong now coming out because if you would have spoke to me two years ago and said I would have been in that position, I would have said, you are crazy. It's made me learn that you can honestly do anything that you put your mind to. I never thought that I would have been able to do a negotiation or a sales pitch to some of the people that we pitched to previously. Now, I'm like, bring it on, let's go. Mm. And I also think that I learned that you have to have to chase every single opportunity and put yourself out there because it will change your life. I know that there would have been many people that say, oh, I would love to apply to a show like that. Just do it because you don't know what will happen. And I think that those are the two biggest confidence boosts that I have used now to go out get stuff done and get where i want to be yeah amazing it's like that clip i was showing you there like that fear is a lie it's an illusion we literally create this fear in our mind of whatever we think might happen absolutely or might happen to us or like fail or whatever that thing is but it's literally just created in here they say that 80 percent of the things that you worry about never happen mm. and it's crazy isn't it i think the things that i was worried about as well was how people would perceive me on the television yeah. what the viewers would think of you and having to deal with kind of hating and trolling yeah. and if that would have been a reason that stopped me applying yeah. i would have been so upset in myself because Again, it's going back to why would you let someone else's opinion stop you from doing something? Yeah. And I've learned that whatever you do, people will always have an opinion either way. So yeah. just block it out and carry on. Yeah. But what you were saying about the fear, Nick from The Apprentice gave me this advice when it was literally the day that, that we were being announced and I felt really nervous. He said, if you feel nerves, it's because you're stepping out of your comfort zone mm. and stepping out of your comfort zone means that you're developing. Yeah. So actually try and change the word fear and actually make it the feeling of development yeah because if you're always comfortable you're never going to progress mm -hmm. and that really really stuck with me now so if ever i do feel any nervousness before something i'm like okay good i'm leveling up yeah. i'm i'm moving forward yeah it's a trigger for growth yeah it's like a resistance because we're trying to protect ourselves yeah. like oh this is going to be uncomfortable mm. this is going to suck or like yeah. but on the other side of it you're always more proud of yourself you you become something more than you were before absolutely and the feeling of accomplishment when you've been worried to face something and you've got through it and you come out the other side and it's done yeah. it's like the most amazing yeah. feeling but our brains like tend not to like change it goes back to when we were in caveman times mm. like sticking to the same routine kept you safe and that's why your brain it kind of doesn't want you to go out and mm. change but you have to kind of push through that and I do also feel like that's like building a muscle in the gym the analogy we used before the more you do it 
the easier it becomes and the more brave you become, basically. Yeah. And it's just about building it up. And you can kind of develop that by start putting yourself in really small situations that are a bit out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Like work out things that make you nervous and just go and do them. Mm. For me, I learned on The um, Apprentice that I get quite nervous public speaking. Luckily, when I watched the show back, I didn't look too nervous. Yeah. But before I would go into a pitch, I would get the all of the stereotypical symptoms. Mm -hmm. Like my heart would be racing. I couldn't think straight because the nerves overcame me. So now I just try and wherever I can put myself in situations where I'm like forced to speak in public so that I get more used to it. You ultimately just have to do the thing to get over it. Like it's how, how funny is public speaking? Because I, I have that. I used to shiver before. But that, that was my response. Did you get that? Yes. That, that my response was like I get so nervous and short of breath but, but physiologically I'd shiver I'd get really cold um, but then you watch yourself back you don't look nervous at all but in your mind you're thinking fuck what's going on and it's crazy as well because when I get the adrenaline symptoms because of the nervousness I can't even remember how the pitch went yeah. so we'd come out of pitches and I'd be like well my brain wasn't working yeah. I had, I don't know if that was good or bad mm. and then I watched it back and I was like what I'm alright at that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like wow no one would have known. So you felt the same with public speaking as well. Oh yeah, I think do you still yeah, get that? Less because I did, I've done yeah, it more. Yeah, because you Literally, just put yourself it. into it. I've and just practice. done it more. Yeah. yeah, and I've been fortunate to do a lot of remote ones, which yeah. make it easy. Yeah. So then you can speak like generally and and doing this and articulate yourself yeah. more, so that when there are people there, you're like, okay, I'm kind of okay at speaking now. Yeah. I'm I'm really interested to know what's the balance between. Th this is something that I struggled with when I first left yeah. the city because I was like the salesperson. Yeah the go-getter, the hustler, then left because I hated that and I pushed yeah. push all of that away. Then I realised that's not healthy either. Yeah. And then you have to find this balance between like really owning you and being you, yeah. but then pulling on the tools and the and the techniques that you've learned as a business person to go and win and yeah. succeed. So like, how do you balance being you and your energy and everything that is your essence with the kind of strategy of business and, and winning? And you know whether that's on the TV show or the business that you built that we'll yeah. get into in a bit as well, Like, how do you do that? It's so hard to get that balance correct. And I think if you've got your own business or if you're working in a corporate environment and you're going towards certain goals, it's so difficult to get the balance of work to life. What I do for myself is I've got my non-negotiables of things that are for me that I want to do. And that will be, I want to make sure that I can get some exercise in, in the day. I want to make sure that I can do some reading. I want to make sure that I can do some of my practices. And if I can get those done in the day alongside work, then I would count that as a good balance. Sometimes you have to make sacrifices for the sake of work and I think that only you will know what's the right decision to do if you're going towards a goal I do think that there is going to be certain sacrifices you have to make and there is going to be levels of graph that you have to do but just don't burn out go you know in yourself when you're pushing yourself too mm. far and if you are going to get to that it ends up being more detrimental to your goal in the long run because you end up either despising what you're going for, feeling sick, missing out on experiences in life. So I think that only you will know the balance and you can know how far you can push yourself. But just always remember that life is also about the experiences that you have and make sure you leave time for them. But I would be shocked if anyone could say that they had the perfect balance mm. because I feel like it's just impossible to get it right. It's a constant evolving yeah. thing, isn't it? How, do, how have you found in the balance now? What have you well, done to work on that? I have a pretty rigorous routine. Yeah. Like I say in my house, I've got a sauna in yeah. my house and like a cold dip and that's my gym so, my good. so that's really amazing and that cuts time of travel then so already yeah. you've got more time yeah yeah and I like i always make sure i have at least two days at home that yeah. i'm working from home so it's uh, it's a later start to the morning it's yeah. an easier start and i don't book any like coaching sessions or podcasts before yeah. 10 that's really good so i've always got like time to do my stuff yeah 
I would say the biggest thing is I used to be really goal driven. Yeah. Right. And I'd, I'd mislabeled what a goal was. Yeah. I used to want the goal in the city was like money or the promotion or yeah. whatever that thing was. At the moment, the goal is to be video first with the podcast yeah. and just to become the best coach I can be. But I actually like changed how I viewed it. Right. So those things aren't the goal. They're the target. Yeah. So that's what I want to achieve. The goal is who I become on the way how I change as a person and develop and grow as a person. It's kind of like a, a long way of saying it's about the journey, not the destination, yeah. right? But like from a goals perspective, so who am I when I reach the goal? And sometimes I'll become that person or better if I don't reach it. So it was less about the outcome. And that was the target then, which then was, the, you know, the byproduct is who I'm becoming along when I'm striving for that thing. That's such a good mindset shift. And that also kind of relays into if you're constantly thinking that happiness is going to be when you've reached that goal, 90% mm. of the time when you get there, you realise, oh, wow, I don't. this doesn't feel the way that I thought that it felt. Yeah. And happiness yeah. is always at the next destination. Whereas if you look at it, it's correct as the journey. Similarly, I haven't phrased it in that way, but I feel similar to you with what changes I've made is... Instead of the goal being, oh, I want to achieve this, this and this, I just want to make sure that I am in a place where I feel happy in what I'm doing. And right now is what I work on. So I've got my long term goals, again, as the target that I want to hit. But I'm very conscious of just being present now and feeling good in this present moment because this is actually all that exists. Yeah. <laughs> if you're constantly flicking ahead or thinking to the past, you're making up a reality that isn't there. The only thing that exists right now is the present moment. So... Again, I have targets that I want to hit and I'll make sure I'm working towards them. But what I have changed is thinking of now. When I was younger, before I kind of went on this journey, worrying about things that had happened, worrying about opening up an email, worrying about the future. And then when I was like, wait, what is happening right now? That was a really good change for me as well. And that really helped. Mm. This episode is brought to you by Hux. Hux is a health company created to inspire you to find your daily edge. I've been trying Hux for the last few months and it's become my trusted health supplement of choice. And I love that its range of products can, and for me should be used every day from wake until sleep. Hux consists of high quality potent supplements across four categories. Their superfood blend provides you with 17 superfoods, including vitamin A, B, C and D, and a hit of plant protein. The hydration tablets hydrate you quickly in unbelievably good flavors. Nootropics support those focus periods and long-term brain health. And finally, Hux's sleep products with award-winning ingredients like Levagen to support your recovery through deeper, more restorative sleep. I've been using superfood and hydration for the last few months and have noticed a drastic improvement in sustained energy and my sleep. In fact, having met the team, tried the products and seen the vision, I decided to become an early stage investor myself and I'm so excited to be a part of this journey. You'll be seeing loads more from Hux and I can't wait to see and hear from people being supported by the products. To get involved, visit huxhealth.com or at huxhealth on all socials and use the code TF20 for 20% off all products, including their subscription. Thanks guys, I hope you enjoy. You honestly have such a great energy. Oh, thank really, you. really do. Can I like I feel like I noticed that Lord Sugar had like that kind of feel about you as well. Did Is that you? do you think that's fair to say? Like I feel like he was like quite drawn to you and liked you. I'd like to think so. I really hope so as well. It's very difficult when you're actually in The Apprentice to 
connect as such like personally with Lord Sugar because basically if you're in the boardroom it's never usually a good thing <laughs> and it's always often going to be about what have you done wrong what have you done wrong what have you done wrong so with Lord Sugar he is just trying to get to the bottom of what's happened in the task and I think that he does like honesty and he does like people that are if you've made a mistake just be straight up and honest about it and he also likes people that he doesn't want you to throw someone else under the bus mm. he wants it all to be like above belt and transparent I stuck to that and I really did stick to myself when I was in the apprentice and I think that he appreciated that mm. what was it like being fired from the apprentice when the finger pointed at me I honestly I genuinely felt like I was going to pass out like it was so surreal I was like oh my gosh so from there we kind of went into the back room with the producers and I just remember thinking like is this even real I was like this has been the most surreal journey ever obviously being so close it's like devastating to be so close and not get there but at the same time like I made sure that I was just proud of myself for how far I'd come and the experiences I'd had and I just think at that moment I felt so grateful I just thought I could have been just doing my normal job at this point and never have put myself out there and had these experiences and I just looked back and I was like look at everything that I've just done not only the experiences but genuinely the people that I met um have changed my life as well for such a positive way like the candidates were so close. It's never been as close as we are in any other series either. Like the girls are honestly my best friends and the boys oh. as well. Like we talk all the time. We meet up all the time and they're so collaborative and wanting to help, which is amazing. It doesn't feel competitive between us in terms of, oh no, I'm not going to promote your business. Like everyone just wants to help each other. Mm -hmm. And you know what they say about the people that you surround yourself with? The people are the way that you will elevate. And I'm now surrounded by these amazing business people. And I'm like, I never would have been in a position to have so many friends like that, like I do now. Yeah. So that was another huge thing for me. Absolutely huge. Wow got the whatsapp groups from oh yeah we got the whatsapp <laughs> groups going on yeah. but that's like something that has just honestly changed my life as well having those relationships with those people like harpreet the winner absolutely deserving winner she calls me up all the time just being like how can i help you how are you doing just checking in and we all help each other so much mm. and it's amazing to have that because we've gone through that specific experience as well it really gels you in friendships because there's no one else that can actually relate to that and no one else that really knows yeah. so having that shared experience with all these people as well like makes the friendships even yeah. stronger what was your best bit about it my favourite bit would probably be my win as project manager was probably the moment. That task was just the most fun. And when we did that task, it was again like, so everything fell into place like it just really felt like the universe was on my side that mm. day like and we just had so much fun but the things that sometimes don't show in the tasks is it's very serious but we were laughing so much we had so much fun by the time you get halfway through the process not only do you want to win but another reason you don't want to get fired is because you want to carry on mm. like having these amazing yeah. experiences with people and it's just the small things like our days off where we would all like relax around the house like we'd play board games we'd do karaoke we would do like group gym sessions in the house and you'd have like three hour car journeys where we'd just be like singing and rapping the whole way <laughs> like to the destination we rapping? had so much fun oh, we would wrap everything. We were like Dr. Dre, Eminem, nice. Buster Rhymes. Old school. <laughs> Old I like school. It. Yeah, and the production team, they basically live with you. They're with you constantly and they become like your closest friends as well. So that was one of my favourite tasks. But yeah, the best thing of it overall was just how much I was able to push myself out of my comfort zones and how much I learned from that because I feel like in a lifetime you wouldn't get that many learning opportunities as I did in two months. Mm. 
huge inspiration huge inspiration for anyone listening who's like thinking about doing something and isn't sure like listening to it. that must be amazing <laughs> just do it yeah that's great i want to ask you about something that was like it was difficult to watch yeah. right in your interview yeah. when you got emotional mm-hmm. so i thought it was really nice that you allowed that emotion to come through you know because mm. that it felt like you yeah so what was happening for you in that moment i think i really let myself down when it came to the interview process by the end of what you've gone through for 10 tasks like you're quite tired anyway so we'd done seven weeks of tasks and then we had a few days off before the interviews it was so intense and I think it didn't help that I had watched The Apprentice since season one so I knew how bad it was and I just allowed myself to get into my head basically mm. and it was like everything that I've spoke about about controlling your thoughts and your emotions I just couldn't do it at that point I was so nervous for what was to come I lost a lot of faith in myself I felt I had really bad imposter syndrome and I actually allowed it to get the better of me so when I watch the interviews now I'm just like if I could just do that now I would answer these questions so much better but I think I let myself down in the interview process and I knew that I wasn't bringing my best self forward I feel like I let myself down in that point but again in life you have those times where I tried my best with what I had at the time you know Um, And if I were to do it again, I know all the changes that I would make. And I really did learn from that. Mm. So, yeah, that's the one bit of the process where I was like, I wish that I was able to just like bring my boss bitch self. But I just kind of let myself get in my head. So Mm. you've got to learn from that. And yeah, I would do it differently next time. So I learned a lot. But Mm. it's just a bit unfortunate that it has to go on TV to 8 million people because usually yeah, no one else would really see. But um, you know what? That made me learn even more. That was really nerve-wracking, like, and you have so many people saying horrible stuff. When you go into the show, they very much ask you a lot of questions, like how you would handle um, the negative sides of the show. And going into it, I'm like, I wouldn't care what anyone says. But when you actually have a lot of people coming at you on social media, it's actually harder than you would think. Mm. But by the end, we basically had, like, nerves of steel because we'd been dealing with it for so long so by the end I was like I don't care anyway I'm not going on Twitter but yeah that was unfortunate but the interviews they were really really intense but I learned so much like one of the another amazing skill that I've had from the show is you may think that you know a lot but these people are the experts. So I took on board every single thing that they said. Mm. And I had to be in that position to have got to the interviews to be able to have any of that advice. And every single thing that the experts said, I applied to my business now to get to where I am. So it was, even though it was a negative, I turned it into a positive and took on all their feedback. So, I mean, I'd offer a different perspective. I wouldn't say you let yourself down at all. And I'd argue that that was a far deeper growth than probably any other candidates. Yeah. And now you're applying it to the business that you're creating now, right? Yeah. So I'd I'd argue it was probably your most valuable moment. Yeah. That's so true. Absolutely it was. That is definitely where I did the most growth. Absolutely. Mm. That might have been why you were meant to go on it. Yeah. To have that moment. Absolutely. I loved as well that it was all female. Yeah. All female finalists. I know. Technically semi-final, but if you're in the interview, you're finalist. Yeah. <laughs> so all female finalists. That was awesome. There were some powerful women that we had in this series and they are so inspirational, all of mm. them. It was so amazing when we found out that it was us final four because we just had such a close friendship anyway. And then being able to go through that, when we turned around, I was like, I'm so proud of us all. <laughs> yeah, it was really powerful, that final four girls moment. It meant a lot to us as well, like being able to do it for like female entrepreneurs and really represent and hopefully inspire. Because what we were saying as well is when we were growing up, 
you didn't see as many female entrepreneurs, but you would see Dragon's Den, you would see Deborah Meaden. Yeah. She would always be like, inspire me because I realized that she's there so I could be there. Mm. And I think the more female representation that there is for younger generations to see, the more that they will have belief in themselves yeah. and hopefully will be able to kind of level the playing field slightly mm. in terms of statistics. To get you linked up with Deborah Meaden. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, Deborah, if you're listening, <laughs> add me on LinkedIn. <laughs> What's it like being a female entrepreneur today? So I think that I've been in a very lucky situation now because I've been on the show. When I walk into a room to have conversations, people feel like they already know you and you've got certain credibility mm. because you've been on the show. But I do think that if you're a female entrepreneur in other situations, sometimes you can be overlooked and sometimes you can be underestimated and that is something that needs to be worked on I think that a woman would have a lot more to prove like sometimes generally when they're stepping into conversations for example to pitch their business etc because they sometimes are underestimated and it is true if you look at like how much VC funding goes to females the percentage is absolutely ridiculous and you know it's because they're pitching to a group of all males they would find it harder to understand or potentially you know, get on board with that. And that's what we need to do to kind of mm. like balance the playing field and get more representation of female entrepreneurs. Yeah. So I feel in a lucky position and I feel like I really want to make sure that I inspire a lot of mm. other female entrepreneurs to not be deterred by that and to keep pushing forward. But I also think that there's been a movement where businesses are a lot more conscious that they need to level the playing field in terms of gender and i've seen a lot of businesses now they're looking specifically for female entrepreneurs Amazing. so i'm going to a um festival next week where i get to pitch to a lot of big retailers and a lot of the questions were is this a female-run business mm. and i thought that was really nice yeah. because it shows that they're consciously making an effort to make sure that more of the products that they're retailing come specifically from female entrepreneurs yeah. so i really think we're stepping in the right direction and i think it's only going to go further and further so we're in a good position at Amazing. the moment but I just want to make sure that I represent and inspire yeah. female entrepreneurs yeah. as much as possible in this journey oh you are you are It's I was naive for a long time but it, it shocks me still that there's any like you know pay gap or anything like that like misrepresentation it just blows my mind in 2022 that that's the I case know. so I imagine it might feel like a bit of responsibility as well on your shoulders, but yeah, please keep doing your thing. It's inspiring. That's why we felt so empowered as well being the final four girls because we were like, this is bigger than us. Yeah. This means more than that. This is really going to inspire people to go out and do it. Mm -hmm. So we felt really, really proud at that moment when it was announced. And Karen Brady had the biggest smile. She <laughs> said, quoted, um, well, we know one thing, his business partner is going to be a woman. And we were like, oh my God, <laughs> it was such an amazing moment. It was so good. Oh, that's amazing. So I'd love to talk about your business yes. then. So could you sort of summarise what the business is yes. and the brand is? Off the back of the show, obviously there were certain critiques that I was given on the show. So I said, okay, time to kind of go back to the drawing board and make sure that we can make this viable. So I started off with an alcoholic protein drink. A lot of development and research later, and we're now launching a business called Oomph, which is a clean energy drink. So no longer alcoholic, no longer protein specifically, but we're basically a brand of healthy energy drinks. So we've got natural caffeine, we've got BCAAs, it's got seven B vitamins, zero sugar, and a shot of apple cider vinegar as well. So you can get loads of health benefits at the same time as having a natural caffeine boost. So it's basically ideal for if you're going to the gym or if you want to substitute something for a coffee, and it's a way that you can basically reap the health benefits at the same time 
time and it's only eight calories a can but the best thing it tastes really good so that's the best thing of all yeah we kind of went on the journey of basically I kind of looked at what I wanted to do and the product that I wanted to put out I didn't necessarily want to be an alcoholic brand anymore and that's something that I just learned from my own journey wanted to kind of be healthy and kind of offer healthy alternatives to consumers and this is how we got to where oomph is today mm. so basically we want to provide an amazing tasting product that can give you the energy you want with the health benefits um in just one can yeah and that's kind of the stage that we've got to now but it was an again everything happens for a reason and the synchronicities in me getting to the stage where i am at now is amazing so the show ended and someone messaged me literally on instagram who has a big drinks business and they said loved you on the show your business isn't going to work i want to give you some tips so they sent me like five bullet points and you listened what are the chances of me seeing this message? So they sent me five <laughs> bullet points and I was like, oh God, they look like quite good advice. <laughs> I was like, please, can I call you unknown person? <laughs> so I called them and they gave me loads and loads of advice and they were so nice and they were like, look, I'm only helping you because my mum loved you on The Apprentice and we were once in your position because they'd started from the bottom three years ago. Who was it? What company? Um, it's got? a company called Tapped Cocktails okay. and they're now one of the best ready to drink cocktail Wow. companies in the market they started three years ago from their um literal kitchen and now they are absolutely huge so james gave me a phone conversation just to give me some advice i was thinking to myself when we ended the phone i need a business partner i really like the sound of this person he's got all of the experience that i need so i was like you know what what have i got to lose so i just called him up like do you want to come in on my business he was like no <laughs> So I was like, okay, that's that. <laughs> I tried. And then a day later, he called me back up and he said, oh, we really liked your energy. We mm. really think that you'd be good to work with and we do want to come in on the business. So I was like, oh my gosh, because I was looking for a business partner off the back of the show. And if I wouldn't have just been a bit cheeky and had that one call and been like, please come and work with me then maybe none of that would have happened. So then we went in and we kind of came to an agreement on how they were going to come in on the business. And then we did our market research. We looked at the markets. So initially we decided to take out the protein, but we were going to be a healthy alcoholic drink in terms of like it was infused with B vitamins. But then we looked again and we were like, do we really want to be promoting like drinking and mm -hmm. health at the same time as such? So then we analyzed the energy drink market and we were like, there's a really big, gap here mm. and this is the way that the kind of market's going so we did a lot more development a lot more research and then we concluded on the product that we have now which is oomph which i just feel so happy like when we made all of those decisions and those changes i was like this is right this is the way the market's going it's commercially viable it's healthy it's what i want to promote it feels like me in a product <laughs> so <laughs> when we got there and it's just like having the expertise of james and luke who are from tapped to help me along the way with it, it would have been a lot of a harder journey. And I, there was a lot of stuff I didn't know. I was probably a bit naive initially thinking that I would have been able to definitely do it on my own. But again, it all worked out because even though I kind of started in an industry that I didn't have experience, it, it still worked out. And that is what I mean, where it's just like trust the universe and trust your instincts and just go with it take all the opportunities that arise and now we're in a position where we're going to be launching literally within the next six weeks mm. so it's really exciting wow. really exciting yeah congrats so, thank congrats. you i'm really happy for you thank that's amazing you. i'm so happy it's strange i sat in this room with um do you know david burt whistle you familiar with him he was on what's the netflix series too hot to handle okay okay S same thing slid in the dms 
and he actually replied and yeah. it turned out to be a Netflix series. Oh my gosh. It's like that's that's why when we talk about goals, there's this thing called attachment theory, right? Yeah. Don't get too attached to the goal. Yeah. Like or the target, as we yeah. were talking about earlier. Don't get too attached to the target because you miss other opportunities yeah. that might be presenting themselves elsewhere. Absolutely. So if you'd have just stayed on this goal of like this alcoholic protein yeah. drink or healthy protein uh, alcoholic drink. Yeah. You might have missed the DM. Absolutely. You might not have answered the DM. Yeah. If you were too stuck in your head, you might not have replied. You'd be like, "Why? Who are you giving me advice?" Yeah. You know. And this is something that I've been saying to people as well. Like, you can have an idea, but you need to listen to experts. The people that were giving me this advice were where I wanted to be. I would have been foolish to not listen and kind of have tunnel vision and be like, "No, mm. my idea is correct." I'm really glad that I was able to kind of put my ego aside because I'd gone on the show with this idea that I'd been preaching was a fantastic idea, and to then completely change it some people you know they were like well you've gone on with this idea and you've completely changed but no I adapted it and we did research and we looked at what consumers want and we followed market trends and we want to put something out that we know that people are really going to enjoy and you just have to put your ego aside and I think that's part of being an entrepreneur you have to follow the trends mm. and the data and yeah. you have to really really make sure that the research process that you do in the product you listen to what's being said and I'm glad that I was able to just not have tunnel vision and kind of look further out at what there is and now we've got an amazing product and this product feels so right to me i love the brand i love what we're offering i love the benefits and i just feel like it just feels completely completely right and i'm just so happy i can tell there's this real balance between like you listen to your intuition yes. but honestly your intuition only gets you so far when you don't have the education yeah so you find that mix of like real hard work yeah. where you, you're being educated on that journey yeah and listening deeply to like your intuition of what's right for you. Yeah. But as you said, so critical, like we spoke about before we started, didn't yeah. we? Like that person in our life is like five years yeah. ahead of where we are, or 10 or 15 or whatever they are, like is game changing. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, it's amazing. Absolutely. And it. then also having someone that you can see that's done it, it makes it seem so much easier mm. because you're like, wow, this yeah. isn't just something that I've just plucked out of thin air. Someone has done this. I can do it. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really motivational. So to the point that we are now, when I started writing my, my manifestations and my goals, I said, I want to be launching my own product. I didn't even know what it was at that point. I just said, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to launch a product. I want to launch a healthy drink. And now here I am. Mm. And if all of those things wouldn't have happened, the apprentice, finding my business partners, all of these things, there's no way that I would be able to be in this position now to like be doing my goal mm. and like doing what I always wanted to do. Yeah. And it's so amazing to look back and see the journey that you've come on. And again, I take it all back to reading the materials, learning the materials and putting the practices in. Literally changed my life. And it's it's amazing. I love it. <laughs> it's so so good and yeah so the business now we're so happy and we're launching in eight weeks wow so exciting yeah so you've got three flavors right that's correct so the three flavors that we have are blood orange mm -hmm. um fruit punch which is five fruits and then also purple rain which is black cherry and sharp lemon nice. yeah they're so nice purple <laughs> rain is my favorite but i will leave for you guys to decide which one you like the most but yeah perfect for like instead of just grabbing like quite a heavy coffee as well like yeah. 
you can now have a, a healthy energy drink and it's only eight calories in a can no sugar so mm. and you go in d to c or you said you're pitching to some retailers as we're well. doing both so yeah we're going to go direct to consumer through our main website but predominantly we want to get into all the main retailers so we're looking gyms supermarkets yeah. we want to do festivals wow. and sponsor festivals as well nice. so we are going everywhere so i've got <laughs> a festival called bread and jam which is where i get to pitch to like all of the big retailers so we've got like Ocado, holland and barra everyone like that so yeah plan is basically mainly to be b2b and then do some through the direct website and what about raise are you raising or are you so at the moment it's funded through my business partners we're going to get to a certain level in terms of profit and that's when we'll have to go and get big investments so we're going to try and find an investor lord sugar hopefully (laughs) i'll be coming back (laughs) and what about strategy as far as like location are you going to go to the us so we have actually looked at already look at going overseas as well so specifically in america there is a very big market for this so we're looking at america and also australia as well Mm. my business partners are already in talks with the retailers in different countries as well so we are planning to expand beyond the uk because there's big markets out there for them the great thing is they're tapped cocktails as well they're already going in and branching into these other markets who are tapped cocktails what drinks are they have um, basically so it started off hotels and things like that they can't really train uh, mixologists so much because there's quite high staff turnover so it's basically tastes like a brand new mixed cocktail but in a bottle Mm. and they started off selling them to like hotels and things like that so that they could mix it up and then they've now bought them out and ready to drink cans as well and is it called tapped yeah T-A-P-P apostrophe D and they are the best tasting cocktails (laughs) ever they are amazing honestly they're such a good brand you guys should look them up Um, and they're now basically everywhere they've taken over the cocktail market so they are already in a lot of the retailers so my business partners can kind of help mm. get straight in the as well so what? the doors that have been opened are just absolutely i bet i bet the network absolutely yeah, great like i the thing that's just jumping out at me right mm. is most of us in fact nearly all of us are trying to achieve something that's already been done yeah so all of us can find somebody who's further down the journey than us whatever we're dreaming about there's very few elon musks out there who are doing something that's never happened before completely different journey different breed most of us us included we're creating something special but something similar has been done before so we can always find someone to help us on that journey rather than go solo and take 10 years more or whatever it might lead to so and it just makes it seem so much more attainable as well when Mm. you can kind of see that there's people out there that have done it just try and find them and add them on linkedin and just spam their messages (laughs) if you're looking for something (laughs) until they reply (laughs) but the thing is we've got social media we've got technology it's easier to get in touch with these people than you think as well see it this whole like seven degrees of separation it's like one or two now to everybody literally it's crazy you've got to do the work first and be represented the right way like you came across so well on the show and you did so well that's why it happened. Yeah. You don't get it for free. Yeah. This has been amazing. Oh, I've loved this. I don't want the conversation to end. <laughs> well, we can carry on talking after. <laughs> uh, we finish with the same three questions at the end yes. of every episode. Quick fire questions. So one thing you're particularly excited about that you've either come across or discovered recently? The one thing that I'm most excited about definitely is going to be the launch of my business and becoming a female entrepreneur and basically just seeing where I can elevate this business to and the levels that we can take it because I feel so proud of it. So that is what I'm looking forward to doing (laughs) this next chapter in my life and yeah, launching Oomph. 
And are you going to be CEO or what's like the role there? So the way that we've done it at the moment actually is I've also brought my mum in on the business with me. Mm. So she is kind of like already in on the directors. So I'm going to go in with the CEO role initially and then James, Luke and my mum are going to be the directors. But then once we kind of hire more people in, we're going to work out the structure of the business. Nice. That's really cool. Yeah. Okay. One habit you would encourage all listeners to incorporate into their day? Definitely, I'm going to say two because they link in. It's going to be meditation and practicing gratitude because the way that they affect your base level of emotions and the way that you feel is crazy. Every single day, it slightly, slightly elevates me more and more positively. So my base level now of emotion is really highly positive. Whereas a few years ago, it was completely up and down. So gratitude practices and meditation. What is the meditation that you do? I do something called eco-meditation. I've been reading an amazing book, which is called Mind to Batter by Dawson Church. And it is such a good book. But they talk about eco-meditation, which is basically a normal meditation practice, but you tap certain Mm. areas of your body. They're only 15-minute meditations, but they really feel amazing. And it's all free. So I just downloaded the book on my Kindle, and then all of the resources and the meditations are free. So I recommend this book so much. It's a lot about energy. Basically, they do scientific experiments about how energy can affect matter. And some of the results that come back are absolutely crazy. Mm. So I would really recommend that This is stuff of like how you freeze things and how like the shapes that come in. How they can change it. And it's about um, healing. So it's people that claim that they have healing powers per se and they can project energy into cancerous cells and they can make the cancer go away. But not only when they're directly with the object, they could be like thousands of miles away. And as long as the intent was the same, it had the same effect on healing. It was crazy. And it's all like scientifically backed up. So Crazy. Mind to Matter by Dawson Church. Sounds like some uh, Stranger Things. Yeah. <laughs> it literally powers. is an 11 power is what I was getting. I was like, this stuff's real. And they talk about a collective consciousness, which is something I'm just coming on to mm. learning, but about how we're basically all connected in one yeah. conscious field. Yeah. I'm just learning about it now, but I really like the idea of that. Yeah, so. <laughs> we are all the same. Yeah, yeah that's we're why we connected. can't compete with each other because yeah. we are each other. Yeah. Last one. Take yourself back to a particularly challenging moment. Yeah. Imagine that there's two versions of yourself, right? What I want you to think about is the difference between the version of yourself who's gone on to be on the show, perform so well, and then that's led you to today sitting in front of me, speaking so articulately and talking about the business and everything that's going on in your life, versus the version of yourself that wouldn't have gone on to do all those things. What's the key difference? So I think that the version that wouldn't have gone on to do all these things would have been my past self where I allowed fear and other people's opinions to stop me from doing something because the biggest fear that I had when it came to applying and going on the show was honestly worrying about what people were thinking, worrying that I was going to fail and worrying that I was going to embarrass myself and go out first and whatnot. I battled through those and I said, I don't care. This is going to change my life if it can go well. And I just put faith in the process. I went out and did it. I faced my fears and that's where I am. So that precipice literally was, if you're scared, You just have to battle through it. Your brain will give you so many fake alternative situations that never even end up happening. These scenarios are never going to happen. Why why was I worrying about them? And there was a part of me, honestly, that almost didn't apply because I thought that I wouldn't get on, genuinely. And then I remember thinking, oh, I'm just going to... No, no, I'm going to do it. That's just... I'm going to do it anyway. And thank God I did because it... I got on the show and it all worked out amazingly. So definitely that the different me would have been the one that was too scared to put myself out there and do it. But the one that did happen is the person who put themselves out there. Mm. So that's what I would take it back to. Nice. Yeah. Thank God you did. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Thanks for it. It's been amazing. Thank you really so much. It. I've enjoyed this so much. Thank you. Yeah, me too. Thanks. Thank you. You have reached your destination. Hey, it's Mark Whittle. Thanks so much for watching or listening. It's so great to have you a part of the Take Flight movement. Subscribe to the podcast on all platforms, video and audio, to be the first to see new episodes and new conversations with the greatest minds in the world. Follow me at markwhittle underscore tf on all social platforms and visit takeflightworld.com to join our growing community of hustlers, performers and go-getters. I can't wait to see you next time. Until then, stay positive, stay motivated and of course, take flight.